This is the One Thing Podcast, where we teach you the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results. I'm your host, Jeff Woods. Every single one of us knows what it feels like to have too much to do and not enough time. It's so common these days. Yet when you look at your team across the entire organization, because people are spending their time instead of investing it, the waste, it's crazy. The thing that I personally have discovered living this for almost six years now is that there is a different approach. There's a way that you can invest your time. You can wake up and see it as your most valuable resource, invest it, hold it accountable to delivering a return, and get far more done in way fewer hours with way less stress and crush it professionally and personally. That's why we're sharing this episode with you today. I was interviewed on a friend of mine, Philip Stutz podcast called The Undefeated Marketing Podcast. And at the end of the interview, I looked at him and I said, man, I really feel like we have to share this on the one thing. Could we do that? And he said, absolutely. And the reason we're sharing this with you is because it's examples of how other organizations, other teams, just like yours, have used the principles and models of the one thing to go from being busy to being productive so that they're clear on the things that matter most. They accomplish the most important things in their professional and their personal life. Our hope in sharing this with you is that you'll look inward and identify based on your team. If you could only do one thing from this episode, what would it be? What would that one thing be that you can do such that by doing it would make moving from busy to being productive easier or unnecessary? As you listen to this, if you start wondering how you can take it a step further, head on over to theonething.com. That's theonething.com with the number one in the URL. You'll see the option for grow your business and you can request a consultation. We'd be happy to get on the phone with you, learn about your business and lay out a custom plan for how you can use the one thing to achieve extraordinary results. With that, let's get into this conversation with Philip Stutz of the Undefeated Marketing Podcast. Eating healthy is an investment. It's an investment in yourself, but it also often requires an investment of your time. But good news is Factor has delicious ready-to-eat meals that are ever fresh and never frozen. They're chef-created, dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. With Factor, you can choose from a weekly menu of up to 35 options, including popular things like Calorie Smart or Keto Direction or Protein Plus or Vegan and Veggie. Also discover 60 more add-ons every week like breakfast on the go, lunch, snacks, beverages to help you stay fueled, feel good all day. And we know our listeners here at The One Thing are focused on health and health goals. That's why we choose to partner with Factor. And if you visit factormeals.com slash 150 and use code 150, you can get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. Again, that's factormeals.com slash ONE50 and use code ONE50 to get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. So Jeff, great to have you on the pod. Super excited to, to learn and have our, our uh, audience learn from you today. Welcome. Appreciate it, Philip. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So tell me this. You work with Fortune 500 companies. And I know what you... I have a good idea of what you do with them because you and I have gone through this exercise with my business. Tell, tell me a little bit about how you work with, uh, with companies, what you provide them, the services sure. that you provide them, and the expertise, and then how they go from one result to another. 
Sure. And, and, you know, while we, while we do service the Fortune 500, I was actually thinking about this over the weekend. Our sweet spot is more the small business owner. That person who's between 10 and 200 mil is, is really the sweet spot. And the biggest reason for that is Fortune 500, I mean, you're, you're steering the Titanic versus when you're talking a company yeah, of that 10 point. to 200 million, you're sure. talking to the CEO and they can drive it and it, and it just happens fast. And less bureaucracy for sure. Yeah. And, and the thing that we really focus on is time. It's our most valuable resource. And every person inside your company has a problem. The problem is they're spending their time. They're not investing it. We all know time is more valuable than money. And every single one of us who's listening to this has invested our dollars before. And when we made a financial investment, what did we expect, Philip? Oh, we expected 10x return as every business owner. You expect the return, right? Yet how many of us go through our days holding our time to the same standard we hold our dollars to? Yeah. We don't. And and we simply change that. And the way we do that is we help, whether it's an individual, a team, or an entire organization, get clarity on what the most important things are. And we teach them how to make sure that their calendar reflects their priorities and not everybody else's. So they invest their time and they achieve extraordinary results, both personally and professionally. All right. So I love, I think it'd be really important. Tell me, give me a couple examples. You don't have to use the name of the company. You can use it up to you. Sure. But I'd love to know how a company walked into the door uh, needing help. And I think this is a metaphor for people listening out here in your marketing too. Sure. So I'll use they, a... Yeah. How did they go? Yeah. From- I'll use a financial services company doing... You know, seven to ten million a year in revenue. They're growing. They're, they they have a successful business, and they have a problem, which is they know they should be growing faster. They look at the talent that they have, and they have amazingly talented leaders who feel like they're being slowed down. They feel like they're being shackled to everybody else's job. Like their people should be able to accomplish more without them, but they don't. In ninety days, we change their world. One. They were thinking linearly in terms of what growth they could have in the next 18 months. We showed them how they could have exponential by just asking different questions. Just asking a different question. Instead of asking, how do we go from X revenue to Y revenue? Why not ask a different question? What would it take to take our 10-year goal and accomplish that in the next 18 months? When you ask bigger questions, you change someone's future because it's like putting a lens over their eyes. They suddenly see the world in a new way. And then we challenge them to look at their org chart and detach themselves from the team that they have and ask the question, what's the team we need to get there? Mm-hmm. You know, If I have a, a person occupying the, the VP of marketing spot, for example, you look at their current talents, you're going, all right, well, how do we get them to get to the next level? That's an irrelevant question. That's what's the best that that person can do. How about we ask the question, what's the best that can be done? Mm. What do your goals require that role to do exceptionally well? Now let's look at the person who's occupying it and ask, do they do those things exceptionally well? And if the answer is no, then great. Let's put together a very simple plan to develop them into that person over 30, 60, 90 days. Otherwise, they're not talent for the role. But the thing that happened in 90 days, Philip, is leaders suddenly got clarity. These are the two to three things I have to do exceptionally well. Otherwise, I don't earn the right to keep my job, Mm. which suddenly made them realize, look at all the other pieces of 
my employees' jobs that I'm holding on to. Now, how do we set clear expectations with the team so that they start owning 100% of their job and not giving their leader back pieces of it? Well, you know, why this is so relevant, because you you may have listened to a few of our podcasts because you've texted me about them, but um, is that it's almost the same thing I preach on the marketing front with a lot of business owners, that they all come to me and they've all run a ton of tactics. Um, they've, um, you know, they basically can't find, they find uh, incremental success or they find success mm-hmm. in spurts. Uh, what worked yesterday doesn't work today. They can't wrap their arms around it all the time. It's it just, it, it goes so much inconsistency. And what we try to do through the marketing system we have is we try to put a systematic approach in place that every step of the way it's measured and the risk is eliminated and we get to a certain outcome. Sounds like this is exactly the same thing. And the exactly way you look the at, same. At entrepreneurs and business owners. The, the, the changes instead of looking at marketing focus, it's prioritization. Mm. Your people are saying yes to something during the day, but are, say, are they saying yes to the most important thing? Are they doing the 20% activities that are going to drive 80% of the results? And how do you create a simple way for a leader in a direct report to have really clear conversations that bring accountability and coach them to higher levels of performance. Most people don't know how to do this, but I had a gift that was handed mm-hmm. to me. One of my partners is Gary Keller. He started yeah, Keller Tell Williams. everybody who Gary Keller is <laughs> if they don't know. By the yeah. way, I, um, I had dinner with a partner of mine the other night and told him about you and that you were coming on the podcast. And he's like, oh, what's his background? And I said, you know, oh, he's partners with Gary Keller. And he went, holy shit. <laughs> he goes, I know everything that guy has built. Like he yeah. is incredible. And I think uh, this guy's, uh, his ex-wife worked for uh, Keller Williams. So he knows the yeah. whole story. And so tell everybody, because I can guarantee you 95% of the people don't know, but Gary Keller sure. is a badass. And sure. know who he is. Gary Keller is the co-founder of Keller Williams. It's the largest real estate company in the world. So when you look at all the residential real estate companies that you could buy a house from, KW is by far the largest. And he became a self-made billionaire as a result. And the reason that I was handed a gift is he realized it's a franchise company. He leads a voluntary army. The only way he could scale to number one in the world was if if he had really simple systems that could deliver extraordinary results on how to hire people, how to create a business plan, how to cast a vision for your business, how to make sure that what you're focusing on this week is in alignment with your goals for the year. You fast forward, he and his co-author Jay Papazan wrote The One Thing, which to date is one of the highest rated business books of all time. And when it took off, a problem was created because they knew it needed to become a company. But Gary's one thing is running Keller Williams. Jay's one thing was writing books with Gary. And so they started hunting for somebody whose one thing was the one thing. And that became my opportunity. So all the models that he used to create this behemoth of a company were handed straight to me on a silver platter, which I've now taken to the rest of the world. Whether you're a small business owner all the way up to the Fortune 500, so that you get clear on the things that matter most and you accomplish the things that matter most. What is it like to spend a day with Gary Keller uh, and just pick his brain? Not what you'd expect. Mm, interesting. You feel it's easy to put him on a pedestal in your mind. 
And then the moment he walks in the room, he's wearing a black t-shirt. He's wearing gray or black jeans. He's wearing like Chuck sneakers or Albert. No, he wears Alberts now. And he sits down and you guys, you just start talking. And the moment you start talking, you forget who he is. Because he's just another dude who mm-hmm. wants to talk about sports and music. And oh yeah, you'll eventually get to <laughs> talking about business. Work, right. The, the things that he has in him, one of his greatest gifts is he expands your mind. He helps you think bigger. And he does it in such a simple way. He can say remarkably big statements in such a simple way. And I'll give you a perfect example. One of my first interactions with him, I had to cast a vision for the business in my first 90 days to actually earn my job. Otherwise, I was fired. If I could not cast a vision for the business, I did not earn the right to run this company. So I walked into the boardroom and I handed him and Jay each a copy of what we call a GPS. This is our model for a one-page business plan. It just stands for the goal, the one thing for the organization, the priorities, those major 20% initiatives that drive 80% of the results, and the supporting strategies, those tactical things you got to knock down to hit the priority, to hit the goal. I handed each of them a single sheet of paper. At the top was the goal for the year. And then there were three priorities listed in order of priority. We started talking about number one. Gary and Jay asked a bunch of questions about it. I answered them, asked if we were good to move on. And Gary went, sure. (laughs) So I started talking about number two. Halfway through number two, Gary started asking more questions about number one. Philip, I remember thinking to myself, Uh (laughs) he must have just forgotten. (laughs) So I answered the questions, asked if we were good to move on. And he goes, sure. I wrap up number two, start talking about number three. What does Gary do? Starts asking you questions about number two and number one. (laughs) Just starts asking questions about number one. It was in that moment, I became Ben Stiller in Meet the Parents. And he was, (laughs) I wasn't in the circle of trust, bottom line. There was clearly a reason he kept going back to number one. I couldn't connect the dots. I did the best I could. I answered the questions, asked if we were good to move on. He goes, sure. Oh boy. I'm talking about number three for about 10 seconds and he stops me. (laughs) And he asks, Jeff, do you need to do number three in order to do number two? I said, no. He asked, do you need to do number two in order to do number one? I said, no. He then asked me to draw a line between number one and number two. So I literally reached in my bag, grabbed a Sharpie and drew a line across the page. And then he goes, you know what? Even better, rip the page in half. I kid you not, man. He waited while I took my business plan and tore it in half. And then he said, don't even think about number two or number three. Until you've earned the right to. Such a simple statement. But in that moment, he changed the way I viewed time. My entire career, I looked at all the things that were on my plate and told myself the story that I had to get them all done. So I focused a little bit on this one and then a little bit on this one and a little bit on this one. Right. Right. And here he was saying, if doing the most important thing is the most important thing, Am I doing anything else? Just narrow your focus, do number one really well and earn the right to focus on the next. So I'm taking notes because this is really good. (laughs) Uh, uh, That is, yeah. Think about the people who are listening to this though. Their day is crazy. 
All the things are coming at them. Their calendar, they're running from meeting to meeting and in between meetings, they hit the restroom, they they get a quick bite to eat in, they're handling a call at the same time. And, and Gary just turns it on its head. When we look at our calendars, it should reflect our priorities. It should reflect a game plan to ensure that we invest our time doing the things that are going to deliver the majority of the results. But most people do not live that way. They fire up their computer first thing in the morning. And what's the first thing they check, Philip? Email. Till they go to their very first uh, uh, <laughs> social media app. <laughs> Or, or meeting. Yeah. They get out of their first meeting, have five minutes, so they check email. And then somebody calls them and asks, Hey, you got a minute? And because they're a team player and a good person, they yeah. say, Yep. Absolutely. And the entire day flies by. They look up at the end of the day thinking, I was busy. And Did I got everything. I got done? so much done. And by the way, Jeff. Uh, I'm uh, I'm dying. I was one of the first generation of kids diagnosed with ADD in the 1980s. Okay, and I've always looked at my ADD as a superpower in entrepreneurship. And what I've come to realize in the last six months is how much of a hindrance it is because I always thought I could handle 72 things on my plate at once. And what I've tried to do, and what I'm working towards over the next the rest of this year is getting it very much simplified down to one or two things. Yeah, I was I was just rereading the book this morning as I prepare for a talk I'm doing later. When you want to look at achieving extraordinary results professionally, we're not talking ordinary and we're not talking great. We're talking extraordinary. It requires that you get clarity on what matters most and give it its disproportionate share of time. Correct. But what most people try to do is balance everything, which is a lie. You don't just move this one a little bit and move this one a little bit and move this one a little bit and move this one a little bit. I guarantee every single person, if you gave yourself the permission to actually search for this answer out of all the things that are on your plate this week, what's the one thing you can do such that by doing it, everything else would be easier or unnecessary. And you search past the wall of I don't know, I guarantee you can come up with one thing that if you just knock that domino down, the entire week would be a success. Now look at your calendar, and I'm willing to bet that the majority of you don't even have it on your calendar. And that's what you're following. That's what's driving your day. And we wonder why we're hitting against the mm. ceiling of achievement. So... In politics, and, and I talk about this in my book, but in politics, you know, every time I meet with a political candidate for the first time, you know, let's say they're running for the U.S. Senate, they always tell me they want to run their campaign on 25 different issues. And, and I go, oh, God, no, no one wants to hear your 25 issues. No one. They've got families and soccer. Voters don't care about your 25 issues. They, again, they got soccer practice, kids, church. Uh, they're doing carpools. They've got a work. They've got a million things going on. The last thing they want to know is what does John Smith think of these twenty-five things? They, no one's paying attention to that. What we use is our data systems to understand the one or two things that voters care the most about, and then the campaign is run on nothing but those one or two things. 
you can look at this and find examples everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere you see extraordinary results, what you really see is extreme focus on what matters most. Politics, marketing, marriage. Last time I checked, when you said I do to your wife, Philip, by default, you said no to everybody else. <laughs> you so narrowed it down I to said one. I do to one person, right? That's right. Unless That's you're right. in Utah, then maybe it's more. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and <laughs> this is just about applying it to our business. It's that simple. How did, I'm, I'm interested just on, on one other question on Gary. How does he market his businesses or how does he encourage within the Keller Williams system? Do you have any idea how he looks? How does he market it? Yeah. What does he do? How does he look at it? He's incredibly in what he does. I remember sitting in a mastermind. He always has an Elmo. So like just something that he can doodle on and it's projected up onto the screen. And he drew three small circles, each the size of a quarter. And he said, Imagine if this first circle represents everything you could possibly ever want out of life, Philip. This is your your pie. This is how big it is. And this circle right here, equal size, this is my pie. And this circle right here, this is Jeff's pie. Is there any way that you can step inside inside of Gary's world, have all the slices that you want out of life, and for Gary to still have all the slices that he wants when the pie is the same size? The answer is no. And what Gary asked, started asking was a different question. How do I give myself permission to make my world so big that any talented individual can step inside my world, have everything they could possibly ever want and never need to leave? Mm. It's a very abundant-minded process. And the reason I share this is that's woven into the DNA of how he structures his organizations. Because he says, the moment you and I have a true win-win partnership, I get to stop worrying about myself. And I get to wake up every single day asking, how can I help you be even more successful? Because my success will happen as a byproduct. Sure, of course. So tactically, how he's done that is from how he uses compensation as a competitive weapon to how the, the training, education, and coaching that is provided, the technology that they build. They truly create an ecosystem where why would an agent want to be anywhere else? And as a result, they have 170,000 people globally when I think the next competitor might be like 40 or 50,000 people. It's not even close. That's incredible. I mean, and again, this is what, you know, I always talk about um, the, the company Yeti. is <laughs> like, a cooler company. And they, yeah, I, uh, I drank out of one every day. Uh, a Drinking Yeti out of mine day. right now. And you literally got people that put hats on with their name on it, a cooler company. And they, then they, they put bumper stickers on their car. A cooler company. Like, is this incredible or what? And it's because everybody that uses the product says, I'd be crazy to buy another product. And they become loyal fans. Obviously, one of the things that we try to teach business owners is that's how you should look at your marketing. That you actually work the marketing agency out of business because people are raving fans of what they do. And it spreads like wildfire. So the meeting I had with Gary after... The GPS yeah. story where yeah. he made me rip my business yeah. page in, path, in half. So I got clarity on what number one was. And I went and I executed on number one. We had to launch a brand new product. 
we did it. It was called Time Blocking Mastery, where we helped you identify your one thing, time block it so it was on your calendar, and do it long enough that it actually became a habit. So that you formed the habit of doing the most mm-hmm. important thing. We did a launch, massively successful, brought in a ton of revenue, zero returns, great testimonials. I sat down and presented the results and Gary looked at me and said, you have a problem. I go, what? And he said, I think your product sucks. I asked him, what are you talking about? Look at all the revenue, zero refunds. Look at the testimonials. And he asked Jeff, How many customers did your customers bring you? Mm, What a great question. I I looked at him and I said, zero. And he said, you know, you have a world-class product when every customer brings you a customer. Go build that. And here I was thinking I've knocked number one domino down and I was ready to focus on the second domino, which was getting our funnels and our marketing all established. And what Gary was saying is you've built a boat, but your boat has holes in it. And you can pour as much money as you want into marketing that sucker, but you're just, at at best, you'll just stay afloat. Okay. Focus on building a world-class product, then market that. So this is... uh, You can almost throw this in as your tip of the week at the end of this because that's so good. (laughs) If your customer... Everybody listen to this. If your customers or clients are not referring other customers or clients to your business, you're not doing it right. I mean, and that's the thing is you made money, you had reviews, you all had all these things. You know, um, we... My uh, our Go Big Media, the political agency we've had, we've never spent a marketing dollar. It's all referrals. That's all we do. It's a hundred percent referral based generated business, and uh, it's an eight figure business, all in referrals. And I, I just think that's so brilliant. I, I I mean, it's intuitive, I guess, in my brain. But yeah. it's, it's not that's for you to spell that out is huge. I, and again. I'm I'm taking more notes here than I've taken in any podcast, just so you know. So this is good stuff, everybody. And here's the thing, because I've been in your shoes. It was just five years ago where I remember going, oh, we launched it. We got all this revenue. Great. Now let's focus on the funnels. Let's hire the agency. Mm -hmm. Let's focus on how our traffic and our customer acquisition costs and our lifetime value and all that stuff. I hadn't earned the right to go there yet, but I didn't realize it. I thought I knocked the domino down good enough. But here was Gary saying, if that is the most important thing, do it exceptionally well and earn the right to get to the next stage. But we as entrepreneurs, we move fast. We get distracted easily. We love shiny objects and squirrels. They're the best. So it's hard. My favorite thing about business. (laughs) That's right. It's hard to stay focused on one thing. It gets yeah. monotonous. But I heard him say this. He said, one of the greatest reasons that people don't achieve extraordinary results is they do not endure mm-hmm. the monotony Correct. of success. Yes. Success yeah. is not chasing the latest tactic. It is doing the tried and true priorities again and again yeah. and again yeah. and again That's and again right. over time. Yeah, I make marketing incredibly boring and people hate that. Right, I don't. I don't know how else to do it. Like it, it eliminates all the risk and it makes you great business. And it still is incredibly boring. And it's the compound effect, as Darren Hardy likes to say. It's doing the same things over and over and over again. And then it, there, there is a point. The the hockey stick curve of your business. It goes from incremental growth, incremental growth, incremental growth, boom, exponential growth. That's right. So. 
Let me ask you this, because I, I, this just hit me while you're talking about this. In your practice and what you do, you're working with a lot of business owners. In during the pandemic, how did you like? And I oh. include myself in this. You had people. We, we had to juggle a lot more than one thing. Things yeah. seem to be settling back down again. But you know, I think some of the even the struggles I've had in my own companies is because we were trying to not. We were trying to survive whatever month to month. We didn't know what would happen. And then all of a sudden you wake up and you, oh, we actually grew by a lot. But a lot of people are just trying to survive, business owners, especially marketers. But from a business owner perspective, what did you see during the pandemic? How did you approach it? And then how are you seeing that transition right now? When the pandemic really hit the US, the moment we realized this was serious, I got a call from my other partner, Jay. He said, Jeff, your GPS, your business plan for the year is dead. Mm-hmm. I'm divorcing you from all financial outcomes you've you've promised to the board. Right now, you need to get on the phone with your customers and you need to find out what their pain is, where the puck is going, and go and build a protective moat around your customer base. By getting on the phone with our customers, I called it the Adele script. I literally called them and said, Hello, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> And it very quickly surfaced leaders and companies from whether you got five employees to 500,000 all said the exact same thing. I don't know what our business plan is. I'm not clear on what we should be focusing on. And since I can't just walk outside my door and go tap somebody on the shoulder, I'm not clear that they're clear on what to be focusing on. And since I can't actually look over their shoulder, I'm not sure how to actually hold people accountable. Mm. So people were unclear on their priorities and they were unsure how to coach their people and hold them accountable to higher levels of performance. Yeah, Happened to position us really freaking well. Um, And Gary said, you know, whether it's a recession, pandemic, it's just a code word for exposure. All it does is shines a spotlight on your business and the things that you used to be able to gloss over were suddenly massively revealed. Lack of organizational clarity, lack of organizational alignment. And leaders always think that everybody is clear, but when you go down the chain, oh yeah, they're not. They're not clear what they should be doing this week and how that lines up with their goals for the year and how that lines up with the business objectives of the organization. And so we saw that. The other thing we saw, I heard this from Keith Cunningham, um, who's a a friend. Um, he's the real rich dad, poor dad, by the oh, way. Keith's in, a in, mentor in, of mine and one of the greatest uh, people I've ever learned under. I can't yeah. recommend all of his books, all his teachings, all of his products, all of his... Yep. Yep. He's the best. So I had a conversation with Keith around that time. And he said, Jeff, what stops people from reinventing themselves is an attachment to the way things used to be. Mm. We saw a lot of businesses that were attached to the way things used to be. Every single one of us saw restaurants in our neighborhoods that refused to pivot, that refused to be inventive and ask the question, how might we still serve our customer base? And we've all seen the ones that did pivot, that did a great job, that actually thrived. So those are the two, the two biggest things that we saw is being willing to let go of what used to be to, to envision what can become. And the second is 
to, to actually use this as an opportunity to create more clarity and alignment and focus inside of organizations. So I'll give you an example of just that. I went out to Washington, D.C. this week um, to go meet with my team and my partners and all that stuff. And I've, I own a home in downtown D.C. I've owned it for 20 years. I have not gone back in 16 months. Um, we don't rent it out. I went back. Um, and the first thing I did was I went to take a walk around the neighborhood in downtown Washington, D.C. I would estimate in my neighborhood, 70 to 75% of the business, of business storefront businesses are gone. 70 to 75% in my neighborhood. And when you say that, it's, it's exactly it. Listen, there's no doubt that people have struggled and gone through a lot of pain. Um, but there were also 30% of those businesses were alive and working and going forward. And one of those is a guy named Chef Jose Andreas, who's been uh, recommended for the Nobel Peace Prize. And he's done all these things. All of his restaurants in my neighborhood, there's like five restaurants, they're all open. And I'm like, yeah, that guy is the most innovative person I've ever been around. Like he didn't sit around during the pandemic. He helped all these other people. He brought in, I mean, he provided jobs to people that lost jobs, all this stuff. And it's crazy how many people just shut down. And it's also crazy to realize that there were restaurants in my neighborhood who had been around for 20 years who literally shut down within a month and are gone forever. Like that's how prepared they were for anything that would go wrong. And they had no backup plan. And it's just insane to me. Like I, I feel like all I ever think about is the backup plan to the backup plan. Like, I, But these none of these did. And they weren't innovative enough to get themselves out of it. Yes. That's crazy. It's just crazy. What are you seeing right now as, as we're coming out of this pandemic with business owners what are they worried about? What are they focused on? The big shifts we're at, the, the thing that we've been asking is what does the future of work look like? Yeah. Oh, that's a good And in, in talking to organizations of all sizes, we see a pretty consistent theme. Um, it's going to be more virtually based, physically enhanced. There are some companies that went fully remote. Mine is one of them. But most companies, they're not giving up their physical presence. They might downsize, yeah. but they they are coming up with a more hybrid approach. That is that is creating its own set of challenges. One, it's going to shift people from an activity focused to an outcome focused. If we're in the office, I can watch you. I can see, are you doing the right activities? But if you and I aren't in the same office... And we're just connecting over Zoom at some interval. It's not the same visibility. So now we have to shift to what outcomes are you delivering? Here's the challenge with that. Most people don't know how to take an outcome that they want to achieve by the end of the year and convert that into activities that they need to do this week. Correct. Oh, absolutely. It's too big big for them. Philip, you want to increase your business by 50% this year. What belongs on your calendar this week? Right. People don't know that. That's one of the gaps that we fill. Mm. Teaching them how to take big outcome-based goals and break them down into specific measurable activities. Tiny dominoes that you got to knock down this week so that when a leader and a direct report sync over Zoom, they can say, hey, in order for me to hit those outcomes this year, here's exactly what I have to accomplish this month from an activity standpoint. In order for that to happen, here's exactly the dominoes I got to knock down this week. Here's where it is on my calendar. 
And there, that becomes the coaching rhythm. Yeah. Is there a story of a business that just has stood out to you that they don't mind you? Heck yes. Uh, so, so give, me, give um, me a great story. I, I like that. Major, major pharmaceutical company. Mm-hmm. Thousands of highly paid sales reps that could no longer go into the market to sell. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's nuts. Yeah. How do you go to the market when you cannot go to the market? And that's when we got involved. We helped them design a plan for how to do that. And this was an initiative coming directly from the CEO. And they got clarity. This is the, the activity that we're going to track that, we, that, will be, that would be success for us. The CEO of the company said, globally, we want X amount of activity in this category. We worked with this one tiny little division out of the entire globe. Mm -hmm. This one division delivered 133% of the global number. (laughs) One tiny division. That's crazy. When all the other divisions globally didn't even add up to a fraction. Why? Because we helped them take a big goal and break it down into simple activities that they could do every single week. Suddenly they woke up, every rep in this division had two priorities for the week. I have to make X number of calls and I have to do Y number of presentations. And that's all they focused on. Hammered it, hammered it, hammered it. And the results were truly extraordinary. I, when I get off this, I'm now doing a presentation for the, the heads of all business units globally mm. to make this their go-to-market strategy around the world. I feel your passion here. What makes you so passionate about what you're doing and, and the one thing? It, it changed my life. How? I mean, I know, how, I know how it conceptually yeah, yeah. changed you. Um, how did it personally change <laughs> Yeah, I mean... One of the first things Jay said to me is the fastest way you can get out of business with us is by not living the book. You don't have to be perfect, but you got to be following a path of mastery. And Philip, I was that guy that worked long hours and told myself I was doing it for my family. But every day I said no to the people that mattered most. Sure. Because I wasn't clear what to say yes to during the day. I was that guy that went from email to meetings to email to yes, if you asked me if I had a minute. But if you asked me what's my number one priority for the week, I would have looked at you like a deer in the headlights. If you would have said, based on your annual goals, where do you have to be by the end of the month? And based on that, what does your calendar have to look like this week? I'd look at you like you were an alien. I was busy working long hours, but cheating myself out of what it meant to live a life. And I was given an opportunity to start living this for myself so that I could earn the right to become the face of the brand globally, that changed my life. Because suddenly I wake up every day and I actually have real clarity on what my priorities are and then everything else is everything else. My calendar reflects those priorities. I accomplish the things that matter most every single day. And when I shut it down at 5 p.m., I actually shut it down. No longer am I sitting on the couch telling myself I'm being present with my family when I'm actually checking my email. I became a better husband. I became a better father. All of it happened because I got clarity on what matters most. And I started making sure that my calendar reflected that, mm. period. Great lesson, man. And you know, I would tell you, everybody out there, not only the business owners out there, but the marketers out there, this is for you too. Like The lessons and the principles you're teaching right now are exactly what you have to do to be successful. 
Uh, it's it's doing the same thing over and over, following the data, following and focusing in on just one or two things, especially on the marketing side, and not trying to be everything to everybody. Like I had a, we were working with a really successful company. They were selling uh, uh, organic products. I write about it a little bit in the book, but the owner of it, of them was um he 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 likes to chase shiny objects. It's somebody we have to corral. Uh, that happens, and. He came to us one day and he said, TikTok. And we went, oh, no, no. <laughs> and he goes, oh, no, let's sell my products on TikTok. And we went, <laughs> no, 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 no. Like, that's the worst thing you can do. He goes, but what is your, what is our data? What does the data say? So we went in and ran a, a customer insight report for him and, and we pulled it out and like TikTok represented 1.8% of his entire customer market. 1.8%. And he wanted to, he was like, but everybody's on TikTok. My daughter's on TikTok. And I'm like, oh no, no. And like, this is a metaphor ultimately of what I'm trying to tell you right now. We eventually talked him out of it. But the point of it is this, you're not going to go anywhere if you're following these just whack-a-mole tactics, throw them around everywhere, just chasing shiny objects, as Jeff said earlier. Uh, the whole, the key to the whole thing is is to not do that. It is time for the tip of the week. I'm going to start out with mine, and then I'll have Jeff roll with his, and then Jeff's going to tell you where you can find him um, and uh, and reach out to him if you found uh, what he has very valuable. So here's the deal. This is my favorite tactic of all time. Uh, if you want a cheap way to target interested customers, collect their data, then I want you to run an ad on social media where you offer cash, merchandise, or a cool prize for people who share your social media post with friends or leave a positive comment. So the, here's again, you, you put a social media post up. You say, hey, we're going to award a $1,000 prize or a $500 prize if you share this on your social media platform or you leave a positive comment. But first, you will now be rebuilding, a re- you'll be building a retargeting audience for, for basically free or the cost of the prize. And next, if you want to supersize your offer by asking these exact same people you're targeting on, on social to direct, to DM you their email address so that they can get 10 additional entries into the contest. And we did this for a t-shirt company. We basically said, we'd send you a package of swag if you wrote a positive comment in the comments or you forwarded this to a friend, you'd get a, you'd get a vote and entry in this. Now, stick with me because there, there's, a, uh, there's a hook here. Okay, so we did this. And then when, we, when people added their comments, we went in and personally wrote down, like, hey, give us your email uh, or shoot us your email and enter in the you know privately, and we will give you ten additional entries into the contest. So now you've got the data, you've got the retargeting pools, all that kind of stuff. But third is the, and this is where you this is crazy. You need to award the prize to anyone that gives you their email. So yes, I am talking about this. Everybody that sends you their email gets the package or the prize. If it's a, like for the, again, when we did this for this t-shirt company, we just sent them a package of swag. Every single person that gave us their email got a Do you understand that thing costs $3 to mail out? And instead, we have now a customer and we own the data outside of the social platforms. It's cheap advertising. And you know, even then, when you send them swag, I'd even include a 10% off discount 
uh, card in the swag you send them. So now you're getting, you're giving them free merch and you're giving them a discount to come back. Uh, you will now convert them into raving fans like we talked about earlier, Jeff. And it's likely that their first purchase will pay for the entire ad campaign when they come back to buy from you. So it's almost risk-free. And if your lifetime value of that particular customer or client is 2x or 10x from the first purchase, then you are going to make a ton of money over the customer's lifetime. And one more thing, if you actually pay for this in a campaign, like invest $500,000, not much money, you will literally put this on steroids. It's one of the most successful, cheap, marketing ploy campaigns I've ever done. It works every time. And that's my tip of the week. Jeff, you got one? Mine's much simpler. Good. I know what it feels like to see all the things that you could do when it comes to marketing. And the thing that I have learned to do that I'm going to advise that every single person here does is look at all the options and acknowledge that they do not all matter equally. They will not all deliver equal results. So ask the focusing question in the book. What's the thing I can do? Such that by doing it, everything else would be easier or unnecessary. Identify that one thing and then knock it down and earn the right to then focus on the rest. I love it. Uh, I would tell everybody, I'm going to answer it right now. The one thing is know your customers or clients. <laughs> Just know them and you will deliver to them every time if you know what they care about. Uh, Jeff, you've been amazing. That was, uh, that was so much value. I so appreciate it. Uh, where can people find you, reach out to you, all those good things? Yep. Um, if you just Google Jeff Woods, G-E-O-F-F, I rank at the top. <laughs> so you can find me on LinkedIn there. Um, if, if you are a business owner and you want to have a chat about what it looks like to drive this in your business, just shoot me a, a message on LinkedIn and I'd be happy to line up a time to chat with you. If you, you're already listening to a podcast, so if you search the one thing, the O-N-E-T-H-I-N-G, that's the name of the podcast. It's the name of the book. Subscribe to the podcast. Every week, we have a brand new episode telling the story of how somebody is achieving more by actually doing less. And then finally, our website is theonething.com. That's with the number one, the number one thing.com. You can learn all about our programs on there. And I will specifically say, for those of you that are married, we actually do a couple's goal setting retreat every year that is phenomenal. We take proven business principles and help you apply it to your personal life with your significant other. So you actually live a life by design. Well, there you have it. My conversation with Philip Stutz from the Undefeated Marketing Podcast. Out of everything we shared today, what actually resonates with you? What are the messages that really stand out to you? And based on that, what can you do about it? How might you put this into action? From my experience, while the principles are really simple, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're easy. And we know for you as a listener, you've been listening to these ideas, you've been trying to put them to practice, and... Sometimes you can get frustrated because the world doesn't just get in line because you attempt to get clarity on your one thing or you start to time block or you attempt to protect your time blocks. Our hope is that you can use this episode as real world examples of how others are living it to inspire you to do one thing. Because if you just take that simple action, this will be an incredible investment of your time and not an expense. Like we shared, we would be cut 
And since impact is our number one core value, if you are wondering how you can actually drive this with your team, head on over to theonething.com. That's the one thing with the number one in the URL. Click on Grow Your Business and you can request a consultation. We'd be happy to get on the phone with you, learn about your business, and lay out a simple plan for how you can use this to achieve extraordinary results. If this episode has brought value to you, please think of somebody you know who needs to hear it and share it with them. If you're new to the show, click the subscribe button so all future episodes will automatically be downloaded to your device of choice. And while you're at it, please consider leaving us a rating and review. It genuinely helps us reach more people and live our purpose, which is to help you better invest your time so you can achieve extraordinary results. I'm your host, Jeff Woods. We look forward to being with you in the next episode.